Well, g'day and welcome to the June update. And this is also the start of episode 10, Home Loan Hacks. Well, the Reserve Bank, as expected, kept interest rates on hold. Variable rates, 0.1% cash rate, which means a home loan rate, 2.5%, 2.6%. And fixed rates, around 2% still. A fair bit of movement up in some four-year rates and a bit in three-year rates. But the fixed rate's still in the range of 2%. Some changes in the budget that were positive for mostly first home buyers. So the first home loan deposit scheme, another tranche of 10000 to be issued on the 1st of July for buyers with a 5% deposit up to a 700000 purchase price. Or a 5% deposit up to higher amounts for brand new properties. So... If you're interested in those, give us a call. There's also a new scheme for single parents um, with a 2% deposit. You do need a pretty strong income to make much out of that, but certainly that's one you could call us about as well. Um, That's the big news in the month. Property market's still very hot, very strong. We are still seeing a lot of activity in our office. Um, Thanks so much for listening in, and I want to now hand over to... Uh, our special guest of the month, so Shane will be interviewing John Scheinberg from Wealth Market, in particular to hear about risk insurance, personal insurance like death, disability, TPD type cover. It is a specialist field that a financial planner can cover off on to help you. And I'll pass over now to Shane and to John. Thanks a lot. Yeah, well, thanks, Martin, and um, nice to have you here, John. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, no problems. And um so the topic is is risk insurance. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about risk insurance, but what what specifically is risk insurance? All insurance, I suppose, covers risk. But what when they when they talk about risk insurance, what are they referring to? I guess when when we're seeing a, a financial advisor for risk insurance, we're looking at personal insurance, and there's four main areas that that we work across there. And typically, the first one is, is life insurance. Um, we, we, most people know about life insurance. You're either here or, or you're not. Yeah, sounds and, pretty self-explanatory. It, that it, one. It's, it is. Um, we also talk about permanent disability, so total and permanent disability insurance. We also talk about income protection, um, which again is a, a pretty common one that people most people know of. And the last one we talk about is trauma cover, um, which comes under a couple of different names, trauma, critical illness, and that'll cover some major accidents and illnesses um, that uh, we can insure. Yeah, cool. So um, life insurance, pretty self-explanatory is to, to, to cover your life in, in the event that you pass away. Um, for total permanent disability, can you just give us a bit of a, an idea of of what that is. That's probably the next that's, easiest to explain, that, isn't it? probably is <laughs> the next easiest one. And they, they tend to sort of link together life and, and TPD insurance. Okay. Um, and I guess the, the easiest way to explain that is, is what cover would you need if you could never work again? So you've suffered a total and permanent disability and you could never work again. What's that sum of money that you would need so or your like family would need? Is a stroke or is it a you've lost your uh, arm? Or d- yeah, it, it, or? It, could, it could be any, any of those. Yeah. So, yeah, anything that's going to stop you, illness, illness or injury. Uh, so when we talk about insurances, um, again... A common question we have is around redundancies. No, we don't cover redundancies. Um, so it's illness or injury um, that would prevent you from ever doing your job or, or any job again. Yeah. And we can sort of get into some technical spaces around definitions. And um, there's two basic ones we look at there is around you know any occupation definition, which, which most people might have through their super, yep. and an own occupation definition. So you can get cover specific to your own occupation that's going to give you that little extra layer of, of cover. Yeah, okay. So is that like saying if, if I'm a neurosurgeon and I... Um hurt my fingers if I'm yep. not covered to do neurosurgery I can go out and 
and work carrying bins around or something like yeah, that. But, or... Yeah, so it sort of, it sort of leaves uh, you know, the power with the insurer there to say, can you do any occupation based on your education, training and experience? And they might often have a clause in there that says, or be retrained to do. So yep. um, it's a very broad definition and any occupation definition. Um, so if you do want that extra layer of security and protection, yeah, definitely you, you look at an own occupation definition um, to, to cover does your own. Does that make it more expensive? It or? does, yeah. it does. And um, I guess venturing into, into the way we, we can structure things, um, we, and we might touch on that a bit later. Yeah. Um, but yes, it, to, to get that better cover and that, that extra definition, um, yeah, there is a cost there because um, you, you are a better yeah, chance sure. of making a claim. Sure, and and one of the other covers you, you mentioned was was trauma. Um, yep. That one's probably the most difficult for people to, or the one probably people don't really understand. Can you explain a little bit what what's trauma cover? Yeah, probably probably less talked about, um, and and depending on the provider, they'll, they'll cover around probably around fifty medical um, conditions that you can insure. Um, by far, the most claimed event is is with cancer. Unfortunately, um, we probably know or everyone knows someone. Unfortunately, that's gone through that situation. So, yeah, by far the most um, uh, most claimed event is cancer. Um, we also cover things like you know stroke, heart attack, um, major accidents, um, you know comas, burns. And so, does that sort of cover cover you for a period of time during which you might be out of work, or is that because for the layman they might think that that overlaps with TPD? Is it, is it for a period of time or is it similar to TPD or how does it differentiate? So the, the trauma cover is a lump sum cover, so you know a big big chunk of money. So you, you choose or, or with your advisor come up with the amount of cover that you would need in that situation and that lump sum goes to you and, that, and then it's for you to do whatever you want with. Um, as an advisor, we, we set you up to cover things like medical costs, time away from work. Yeah. You might have a spouse or partner that needs to take time off work to care for you. Um, unfortunately, we, we can't predict what that what the event might be that, that leads to a claim, um, but what we can do is put things in place um, to cover the, the financial side of things yeah. um, should they arise. So um, it's about finding that sum that sum of money you, you would need at that time. Yep. Um, cool. I was going to just say, yeah, look, the, the covers I guess sort of do link across. So you might have you know a situation where you can claim on TPD and claim on trauma and right. and income protection. Um, you know, you wouldn't wish that on anyone, but yeah, yep. there is a situation where you might claim on all three of those. Yeah, okay, um, cool. And, and in terms of um, funding your insurances, like we were talking yep. um, about people people spending sort of three to $500 a month on insurances, um, but are often reluctant to take out personal risk insurance, what sort of um, costs and what sort of funding arrangements um, are, are possible, I guess? Uh, I, I guess we'll touch on, on funding arrangements first. It's a bit of a, an easy one to, to go through apart yep. from costs. Um, so, so funding it, um, th- there's a couple of options. You can use your super to fund part of your insurance. So there are some, some policies, so things like life insurance and any occupation, TPD definition and income protection you can fund through your super. Mm-hmm. Um, that leaves things like if you want the own occupation, TPD, um, trauma cover needs to be funded out of pocket. And then we look at things around, you know, individual circumstances around cash flow and tax situations to say, look, if you do fund your income protection personally outside super, then it's fully tax deductible. So yeah, is, okay. is that the best for that client at that time or are they prioritising other needs at that time? They might have just taken on a mortgage so the cash flow is a bit tight so they look to look to their super to, to fund that. Yeah, sure. And obviously it's going to be specific to each individual, but what sort of percentage 
would you say is generally taken out where it is funded through super versus out of someone's pocket? Um, is it half and half or do, a, a mix match? Or uh, Yeah, it's a bit of a mix match. I said it, it comes down to the, the personal situation um, and that's where you see the value of, of seeing a financial advisor t- to get this advice is that we can structure it specific to your situation, to your cash flow, to your budget and come up with the right you know, protection strategy for you that's going to meet, meet your needs. Yeah, sure, sure. And um, so in terms of, of clients, what, what's your sort of, um, obviously, you know, you'd have a broad range, but when, when do you generally see someone and start discussing risk insurance? What sort of age categories do you find you're mostly talking to or is there, is it anyone? What sort of... Yeah, you know? anyone and anyone. I mean, I guess if you've never seen an advisor to, for this side of, of, of your financial world, then, yeah, it's a great opportunity to, to have that conversation for some people. Um, we're fortunate enough to meet them after they've, you know, taken on their, their first home loan. Um, that's a great time to, to get yep. get in front of an advisor and set things up early yep. um, and get in, get this, you know, the, the right structure behind it. I think um, for me, I, I, I remember having kids was sort of a key thing that... Yep. I'd had two children and thought, oh, I better get covered because you've got to sort of look after the family. Yep. Um, is that a common sort of that, that's time? A, or? Yep, that's a big driver. So, yep. yeah, you know, taking on your first mortgage is always one. Um, starting a family is another good time because then it's not just about you or your partner. There's, there's a bigger picture there. Yep. Um, and we get back to that needs to say, you know, if something happened to you, um, Shane, what happened, you know, if something happened to you, what does your family need in that situation? Mm. So, yeah, it, it, there's a much bigger picture there. Um, and, yeah, that's often a great driver for, for clients to come and see us. Yeah, cool. And, and obviously when, when a broker sort of um, originates a loan, um, introduces someone to debt, that is, that is a, a key time obviously to, um, to introduce that and that's where the loan market and wealth market relationship comes in. So tell us just a little bit about wealth market. Who, who's, who is wealth market? And, and yeah, how, how's the relationship with a mortgage broker sort of... Um, evolved or how's it come about yeah so wealth market part of the greater white family group of companies um as as loan market is so we we represent the financial planning side of the business so yep so the typical client journey i guess would go from ray white where they might purchase the house um get the funding from from a loan market broker and then they'll come and see us for that final um piece of the puzzle there around their financial well-being and and giving them that peace of mind um, through the journey that you know financially that they'll be looked after and um, sort of rounds out the process I guess from that you know purchasing a, a property side of side of things yeah cool and I guess the the introduction from the broker comes as a, as a duty of care I guess to to say okay you've got this debt and now how, how are you going to protect yourself against that and that's something that brokers aren't actually qualified to do so as a wealth market advisor what sort of what do you have to be qualified in when it comes to discussing these types of insurances or what's yeah yeah, well, you need to be, yeah, authorised representative, um, you know, a fully qualified financial advisor yep. to, to give advice on these products. Um, it is a financial product, so yeah, you, you, when, you know, we've seen lately um, in the financial advice world that um, education standards are, are rising. Um, there's a whole bunch of, of, of things that we need to do as an advisor to make sure we're on top of, you know, what the product providers are doing and um, ultimately giving our, our clients the best experience and, and the best outcome for them. Cool. And other than risk insurances, what other sort of things does does wealth market provide or help help clients with? 
Yeah, so there's a whole range of advice areas that we do provide advice on. As, as you noted, personal insurance is, is one, um, often linked with that. And I think I briefly mentioned it before that you're super. Yep. Um, you, most people, everyone's got a super fund, but most people do have existing insurances in their super. So we always provide um, some research and recommendations around their exist, existing super um, if they want advice in that area. So yeah, it's, it's insurances, it's superannuation, you know, is it investments, self-managed super, retirement planning, aged care advice. There's a very broad scope of, of, of advice areas that uh, we do provide advice on and, yeah. and specialise in. And um, often these things, people don't realise that it's a specialised area, such as aged care advice. Mm. Um, so yeah, go and see your financial yeah, so advisor. I, I guess you sort of, there's, there's different phases which... which the different products that you offer probably change over time when you're sort of having a family, taking on a loan, yep. building your super in that sort of middle middle years, I suppose, and then and then that transition to retirement and, and aged care, I suppose. Yeah, what are the what are the big things about aged care? What sort of things are people getting advice on? Is it is it the contracts they're entering into? Is it is it how they're preparing financially for that? What's yeah, and moving into aged care is, is never easy um, on the family as as a whole. So it's things around you know, do you need to sell you know, the property to move in, now you're funding, you know, the deposit into the aged care facility. There's a whole whole um, broad scope of areas around aged care specifically um, that need consideration, not just for the person giving, receiving the advice, sorry, moving into the aged care, but for the family as a whole as well. So that can often be a, a meeting with many, many family members in the room um, determining what, what's best in that situation. Yeah, cool, cool. And um, just getting into a little bit more the actual... Um, I guess, process of getting advice. Yep. Um, so let's say, for instance, a, a broker has um, introduced the client to a purchase and a loan and then introduced wealth market. Um, what's the, the rough sort of process in terms of you making contact to when advice might be implemented and how does that sort of step through or what happens? Yep, so we, we have a pretty uh, pretty good turnaround time from when we, when we receive the lead from the broker. Um, we'll action that within a day or two. Yep. Um, and so that's, try a, that's a call to the client? Just yeah, to call to the client. First, say good day. Say, hey, John from Loan Market. You know, Martin's um, recommended we have a chat. Um, when's the time to do that? So that's the first phone call and organising that, that first meeting. Yep. And at that first meeting, we'll um, have a bit of a discussion, um, figuring out what they, what they need, their, their needs and objectives. And we'll also do that education around what are the policies that we're looking at, what do you have existing, do you know? If not, we can do the research for you. Um, and then try and determine what, what advice is, is specific to them. So what, what areas do they want advice on specifically? Is it just insurance? Is it super insurance? Are you looking at investing? Um, determine that scope of advice and then, then we go away and, and come up to an agreed, agreed scope and, and get to work. Yeah, okay. And then when you say get to work, is that sort of doing the research on what what products potentially or, or what's going to best, I guess, be the solution for that client? And who, who does that particular research? Is that yourself? Is that a team? Is How, how does that happen? Uh, a bit of both. Um, so I guess products for, for us as advisors is always the last piece of the puzzle. Yep. It's always initially it's determining the right strategy for the client and what's going to suit their needs. Yep. Uh, so we determine the strategy. So that might be the level of cover. Level of cover or... they need. So yeah, we'll look at things like their levels of debt. Do they have family? Are they funding education costs? What medical costs might they need? What are their monthly living expenses that we need to cover? Come up with a level of cover that they would need. Yep. Um, and, and the strategy around that, so they might be funding it. Um, how are we going to do that? 
And then the final piece of the puzzle is is when we actually present the advice is the product recommendations. Yeah, okay. So it's always the last thing we think of. Yep. But in that, I mean, we would work with a with a panel of insurers um, on our approved product list, um, and then it's finding the right product in terms of cost and quality and what's going to meet the client needs. Yeah. So you know, much like you guys are working with lenders, and they'll all have their own specific. Um, yep. um, you know, definitions and policies, um, same with the insurers that they'll have their, their areas that they specialise in yep. um, that might suit one client um, better than another. Yeah, cool. And has that sort of range of um, insurers, is that is that a big range of insurers that you sort of look at or is it is it sort of narrowed down over the years or how's that, how uh, does that work? Yeah, our list is pretty broad. I think we've got, uh, there's about 10 to 12 on our approved product list, which covers most of the market. Who are the bigger ones? Um, people might have well, heard of. People or? might have heard of, you know, things like, Tal and AIA, uh, BT, OnePath, um, and under that there's a few specialist insurers too that will you know cover specific occupations yeah, as okay. well. Yep. Um, Say so if you're working in the medical space, for example, you know there's a specialist insurer that, that would cover you as well. So yeah. um, plenty of options out there on the insurance side of things, and again with superannuation, um, literally hundreds and yeah. of super funds, and, and we've got a pretty broad list there that we look at, and again it's finding the right product um, to suit that that client client needs at the time yeah cool. so whether you need a sort of set and forget um fund or you want something a bit more personalized with a bit more interaction um there's plenty of options out there for you yeah um, it's about finding the right one yeah at the time cool cool and, and um the topic of sort of how much insurance do i need i know myself when i sort of was was life insurance was probably the most important thing i was trying to get cover for yep um and, you know, we, we hear a lot about, oh, well, it's in my super. Um, I think probably my super had about 20 or 30% of what I probably needed. Um, what sort of, in general, are people generally underinsured, overinsured in super? Or is it generally a, a very broad policy that, that may not, you find, may not suit people? Or what's the, what's the sort of general finding of insurance in general through super? Well, yeah, and again, generally speaking, what you have in super or what you get by default, um, number one is usually not enough. Um, most super funds will probably give you, you know, somewhere between one and 300000 in, in default cover. So you've never done an application for it. You've never done underwriting for it. And we can touch on underwriting, I guess, um, in a bit. Um, and it's a very general policy, very general definitions. It not only covers you, Shane, but it would cover Martin as well. And obviously, you're two very different people. Yep. Um, in age, in health, in you know, family history of, yep. of conditions. Um, so what you get by default is yeah, very general policy that covers a broad range of people. And that may work in your favour, it may not work in your favour. Um, so when you get an advised policy, um, you do things like underwriting, so medical questionnaires, family history, um, pre-existing conditions, um, insurers may request blood tests, medical tests, um, doctor's reports. So you get a... a policy specific to you yep. um, at the and with the advisor's assistance obviously you've got a, a level of cover that's that's suited to you as well so if you've taken on a mortgage of say five hundred thousand um, dollars which is probably a bit less than the average in Sydney at the moment um, and you've got three hundred thousand dollars in life insurance in your super fund um, if something does happen um, what's that situation going to be like for your family well there's obviously a gap there um, you know your, your spouse and your kids are probably going to struggle financially so mm. Um, yeah, well, often what we find is, is people need more um, insurance than they've already got, um, particularly on, on the TPD side of things. So 
as we said, life insurance, you know, you want to cover debt and some future costs, but with a TPD situation where you can never work again, there's often, you know, the ongoing income that you're missing out on, um, but also things like you, the debt and there might be added medical costs as yeah. well that, that you want to cover too. So, mm. um, yeah, some people are off, often surprised by the amounts we come back with um, and we, you know, everything's outlined and itemised from our side of things to say this is where the, that money would go in that situation yeah. and um, everything's accounted for down to the, to the dollar. Yeah, cool. And you mentioned sort of some, some tests might need to be done or a medical report, that sort of things. In general, what sort of, and I know I'm asking a lot of what is it in general, I'm sure it's yep. how long is a piece of string Everything. in a lot of cases, but the time frame from when you might um, first talk to a client, how, how long does an application take until someone might be covered in that underwriting sort of process, I suppose? Uh, it, it can be as quick as, you know, you can look at probably two to three weeks. I mean, we have to go away and write the, the plan. So even that's, you know, it's a, even if it's just an insurance plan, um, it's still covered under a, you know, a statement of advice, which is our formal financial planning, uh, financial advice document. Um, so we, we take the time and all the research to get that right. Um, and then we make the application to the insurer. And if, um, if for some reason you, you go through as what we call a clean skin, you've, you haven't ticked, uh, you haven't raised any red flags with the insurer and it's all good, then it could be a matter of two to three weeks um, and you're fully insured. Yeah, cool, um, cool. I won't give you the stories about on, on the flip side of that, but some, some cases can, can drag out a little. Yeah, okay. Um, and in, in general... Um, sorry to ask, in general... No, because this is general advice. Yeah, yeah. I should have covered that at the start. But um, what sort of cost... And when does a client pay for wealth market services, for instance? Yeah, it's all out, out, any any cost with a financial advisor should be outlined up front, so there should be no surprises um, at any stage through the process. I'd like to think. I mean, that's the way I I conduct my business, yep. um, and everything's fully outlined. So, there, again, in terms of funding advice, um, the one area in advice that we can still receive commissions is on life insurance products. Um, all insurers pay the same level of commission. Um, so that, that can offset the cost of the client and there might be a, you know, a, a minimal fee on top of that to get the plan um, written up or, or the, the, the advice done advice for the statement reasons. of advice. Yep. Um, and what is that, sort of one, two, three thousand dollars $3,000, what sort of roughly? Uh, at at the lower 10, end of that scale. Um, $500? Yeah, just give us a, a, a uh, bit of an idea on what people could yeah, expect. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can get advice done for the hundreds, not, not, yeah, not okay. the thousands. Yeah, um, um, again, general, and, and generally some speaking. some sort of advice, like let's say, I'm only guessing, but is sort of um, transition to retirement planning, is that a more expensive advice than a life insurance advice or what types of advice are cheaper or more expensive? Yeah, and it comes down, we talk about that scope of advice that, that we come to get, come to an agreement with, with with the client. Someone might ask um, for everything. If you want the whole box yeah. and dice and looking at everything, it's going to cost you more because yep. you know, it's, it's, it's our time that you're paying for and, yeah. and expertise and experience, but... Um, so if you want something like a self-managed super set up and, and the like, then that's going to cost you more than, than ins- an insurance plan. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, well, one thing I didn't ask you at the start that I normally ask everyone, what, tell us a little bit about your, your background before, you know, before this role and, um, yeah, just in general, where'd you... Uh, I ended up, at, I used to work for, for one of the banks um, before they shut down their, their financial advice business yep. um, without giving too much away. Um, and so I've been in advice now for, for a bit over five years. 
Um, and before that, I actually worked a lot in, in sports, admin sports management um, roles. So yeah, okay. um, my very first degree, which was nearly uh, 20 years ago now, um, was in exercise science. Yeah, okay. um, and, and since then, I've, I've you know, done a lot of uh, business subjects and obviously now the financial advice. Yeah, what sort, um, of, what sort of prompted you to get into financial advice? Funnily enough, um, probably a similar situation to yours where you had the, had the kids and realised I need some insurance. Um, that's how I, I got into advice. Um, I just had my second child. Or I think it was my second. Um, I've got three. I'll lose yep. count. Um, and I realised that I was you know, grossly underinsured for myself. Um, started talking around to a lot of friends and family and realised that they were as, as well. Mm. Um, this was an area that you know, a lot of people didn't have much knowledge in and I had a passion for things like investing and the like, so that led me down, down the path of financial advice. Yeah, cool, cool. And I, I guess um, you know, a common probably um, objection people have to getting, getting advice around risk insurance is that they sort of never think it'll happen to them. And um, you know, I was chatting to Martin earlier and we, we all know someone who's, who's had something happen to them in their life and it, yep. it does happen, doesn't it? Have you, have you sort of got any experiences of where cover has been um, taken out and then required upon? Or? Yeah, so, and that's, I guess, one of the benefits of receiving advice in this area is that your advisor will take you through the claims process as well. Um, so yeah, given that we're, you know, that's what we do. Um, yeah, I've been on that side where we've helped help clients with claims. Um, I guess we touched on it before that you know, receiving a trauma payout for cancer is the most common um, paid out uh, policy, and that, and that happened to a client of mine. Um, she had a breast cancer diagnosis, so she received her her trauma payout, mm. and that allowed her to get the treatment that that she really wanted. Mm. You know, so all the medication, all, all the treatment that, that she could choose and had the options to do, um, it allowed her to do that. Yeah, okay. It allowed her to take some extra time off work. Um, of course, we had her income protection policy set up as well, so that, that was covered. But it, it just allowed her to step back and focus on her mm. and her recovery. Um, and, and that's where you see the value of, of policies such yeah, as that. Yeah, it must be quite satisfying. You know, obviously, it's a terrible situation, <laughs> but it's satisfying to know that one less worry for that person during during it, a tough time, I suppose. Exactly yeah. right. And that's and that's what we do as in the way we set up these things is that it's there to remove that financial stress from the mm. situation because you're, you're already stressed enough. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine what, what people go through in that situation. You know, touch wood, um, you know, I hope I never have to. Um, but giving someone that bit of financial peace of mind in that situation so mm. they can step back and they know they've that's one less thing they have to worry about. Yeah, yeah that's, sure. that's one of the satisfying parts of the job. Mm. You hate to go through the claim, course, but... Yeah. but yeah, there's some small satisfaction. Yeah, in that. sure, sure. And um, anything else you think you, you can chat about that people might not know um, when it comes to to sort of personal risk insurance, or is there anything that you sort of want to leave people with that um, we might not have touched on? Or I, I guess if I was going to, I mean, have the conversation with, with an advisor. Um, whether it's about risk insurance or, or your broader financial well-being, so there's things that um, we we can do for people that you know they may not know of, you know, from insurance to cash flow. I mean, a lot of people these days um, struggle with their budget and, and personal cash flow, so that's something that uh, that we can do as well. Um, and there's always a solution out there for, for everyone. So yeah, it doesn't cost you thousands of dollars to see an advisor. Um, your advisor will come up with a solution that suits your needs, your budget, and yep. your situation. 
yeah, so take take that step to educating yourself and learning about it, and then yeah, oh, that's great, cool. Um, all right, well, I think um, I think we've covered just about everything we were we were going to. Hopefully, I don't know. I just <laughs> just have a chat. But thanks so much for coming in, and um, yeah, it's been great to have you, and great to learn yeah a little bit more about risk insurance and personal risk insurance, and and um, I think I think the the end message is so many people c- kind of don't know about it so a standoffish to sort of dive into it but as, yep. as you say just talk to an advisor ask a few questions and and then at least you know you're sort of that's taking it. that first step and we, act, we actually do like talking about this stuff so yeah okay <laughs> you know yeah cool all right well thanks so much for coming in and um yeah pleasure to have you all no right thanks shane <laughs> well thanks so much shane and john that was just awesome and uh, really interesting. I really enjoyed that session. So well done, um, Shane. Awesome interview as always. And uh, yeah, John Scheinberg from Wealth Market. Thanks so much. I thought we'd do uh, episode ten, home loan hacks, the topic of the month. Let's extend that and talk about the experiences in our office and the conversations we have with clients, roughly the timing and some of the experiences that we have with what we see and how it unfolds. So it's all very well to talk the theory. Mm. So let's look at rubber hits the road and extend that a little bit. Um, And and this is kind of personal. We've had interactions professionally in uh, friends and family and whatever. Um, I've taken over clients from an under 30-year-old mortgage broker who can't work anymore and he had a stroke. Um, I've sadly had a cousin who died in her 30s from breast cancer and that was many years ago. Um, We've had a client who had a very significant cardiac arrest and was a very low probability of living you know, under 40 and fantastically he's, he's kicking strongly. Um, and we've had another client in his 40s who we didn't over pry, but we did know he had a cancer in his 40s and actually another one that we had referred and I believe got covered um, to a previous wealth advisor who um, um, did receive a payout. From, mm. from an incident, which I'm not sure because it was a privacy issue. but So it's kind of pretty heavy on for the number of interactions or incidents that have occurred. So I'm very passionate about this. Um, I do make a small income from a referral to Wealth Market. That's fully disclosed, but it's totally not about that. Uh, in terms of financial terms, it's very much small fry for the time we spend and the importance we put on it. So the... The, the conversation in terms of with a client, there's, a, there's an early days conversation in general. So when having a scenario, a discussion about the loan, we'll try and introduce, I'll try and introduce the, the topic of are you insured, are you covered? This is something we will explore further down the track. Yeah, and I've, I've sort of heard, heard Martin have those conversations and, and ask the client, what, you know, what would you do in the event that you, you had a serious illness or, or passed yep. away? And um, yeah, it is interesting to see people's, reactions to, to that question and yeah um it's a very c- confronting question yeah um most people don't know what level of cover they've got and i was interested in your comments with john about the objections or the reasons not to take action and one of them is yeah. oh there's something in my super or mm. um, it won't happen to me or um i'll worry about it later worry about it later <laughs> or cash flow like oh there's all this expensive stuff and they're spending as you said in the session before three to five hundred on insuring stuff but not ensuring their capacity to earn 60, 80, 100 more thousand per year. Yeah. Um, the one I think is a bit of a clincher when I say to a client, even a single young person, 
is your plan B to just go and live with mum and have her look after you and sell your property and have no income? Is that your plan? Um, that's kind of confronting because the single young person feels bulletproof. The young couple is kind of bulletproof. Um, I guess also I feel duty of care to extend the conversation to say, well, we're doing this for you, John and Jenny, this property. Either of you couldn't qualify for this loan. So separately, one income, carer, medical expenses, the scenario is very ugly. It's a pretty uncomfortable conversation, but I'm good with it. It's kind of like having a big brother around all the time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, interested in that one John was talking about in super, out of super. Mm. Um, is that something you've been aware of in the past or come, um, come across in your briefings and stuff? Yeah, not really. And um, until I sort of took out a policy myself um wasn't really aware of and i guess the thing is too when you first um come across the the topic of personal insurances um of course you don't know anything about it yet because you haven't really so you know you've got to come across it for the first time at some point and generally it is you know when you when you probably buy a house or or have kids so um didn't know much about much so yeah it's it's i think that's the the message is talk to an advisor, have the mm. conversations and mm. ask ask the questions that, that you, you wouldn't know unless you ask. Yeah. Mm. And one that I've enjoyed and appreciated is that uh, for the clients of Loan Market Richmond, um, the first conversation, the first meeting is a complimentary meeting and that's like a fact finder. So we can help with the pre-information. We'll have had um, the brief from the client, the information, the facts and figures which if they're happy to share, that will make John's work a bit easier mm. and the introduction a bit easier and they know that it's for the purpose of reviewing, considering, uh, informing, educating before having to make any decision. Mm. So that first meeting being a complimentary session, depending on the location or the timing, etc., or what suits the client, it may be a Zoom meeting. And then from that point, uh, John was telling me of a very strong number that then wish to get the statement of advice or wish to get the basic plan. Mm. Um, he said a number to me on the phone the other day was give or take you know, 80 plus, 90 plus percent that would then say, yes, I see the value in what would you see as a, a suitable suggestion for me with a lot of research. And so there is a cost to do that in the hundreds, as he said, depending on if that's a, a simple situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else is of interest in this topic? So... Uh, the time we would generally do that would be at the time of loan approval. So we don't want this to distract from what the client's main focus is, what they're talking to us about. So can I buy a property? What's it cost? What's the repayment? How does that feel? Is the fundamental conversation in terms of the property outcome. And then when we get to the point of no pre-approval, loan approval, it's pretty much downhill from there and a, a quicker uh, or it, there's less stress in the conversation and it's then a time to say, right, we know how much the debt is, etc. Let's kick into gear the conversation about the uh, protection. Yeah. Mm. All right, I think from the office point, um, in general, how do you feel clients respond to that conversation? And, yeah, what's yeah, your thought? Yeah, I find it really interesting. Some people straight away say, yeah, I, I really need to, to sort that out. Mm. Um Whereas others sort of, oh, no thanks. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real mixed bag of, of the, the people's approach to it. And um, but but I think you know 
we can feel good about the fact that it, you know we we bring it up mm. and um, make people aware that it is important to consider mm. and um, and for those that that are willing to that they get educated. Yeah. Yeah. Now it is a good feeling to give it a good crack and. Yep. We need to stay on point ourselves to keep those conversations going. And uh, um, it's perhaps a bit tough when I ask, you know, do you love your partner? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that, is that, is that over seen, the line? I've seen Martin ask that question. He's not, he's not is that over the line? <laughs> yeah. So, but it does come down to that. Would you want to see, insert name, protected if something happened to you? Yeah. Of course they would, so... All right, I, I'm really happy with this. I was stoked with that session with John. Uh, well done again, and thank you again, John from Wealth Market. Pleasure to work with you. And um, that's it for the end of Home Loan Hacks Edition Ten. We've made it to ten editions. Uh, we're getting through ten on a high. Talking finance, uh, risk, etc. Um, interesting that this is a specialty topic. So our advice is about loans, lending, products what numbers look like, et cetera. Um, you really need to get those expert around you for accounting advice, for financial planning advice, and get over your fears and jump out into the scary world. And those that empower themselves, the clients that are willing to have those conversations, we see you know, much you know, great success. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the big message is have the conversation with an advisor to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. great stuff. Thanks again, Shane. Thanks, it's been a hoot. That's uh, signing off for episode 10, Home Loan Hacks. Ciao.